Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. What's up, DIY Money? We're going to take another break from our regular episodes and interview Jacob Thompson. I've known Jacob now for the last several years. He was a student of mine at the University of Kentucky, turned professional runner. Now he's going to be training for the Olympic trials coming up in 2024. So I think you're really going to like this interview about his growing small business, about his training, all things DIY money lifestyle. Check it out. And we welcome Jacob Thompson. Fall of 2017, Jacob, you were a student in my class. Yeah, six years ago now. You didn't know anything then. You were, you were, you were not definitely where you are right now. I still don't know too much, so. Yeah, I think you do. You're, you're, you're humble. It's, it's modesty is good. All right, let me introduce. I'll do the best job I can to introduce you, and then you fill in the blanks. How about that? All right. So Jacob Thompson, uh, currently a professional. Are you, well, let me ask you. Are you considered a professional runner right now? Yeah. Is that a dumb question? Uh, I, I mean, not a dumb question, but yeah, I'm considered a professional. professional so runner. professional runner, and and many of you know that when we do this, uh, when we do this podcast, I often talk about my running, and so I I love you know the world of of running. But let me just <laughs> give you some highlights of who actually we're talking to today, Jacob Thompson. First of all, probably the the at least for me, maybe there's some other accolades that are better, but most notably in February 1, W-O-N, like one at all, the United States Half Marathon Championship, Bravo, 102.38. Have you, you cracked the one yet? Have you cracked the Not one? yet. Boy, that's I'm still, tough. Yeah, like still itching for it. That's yeah. unbelievable. So you are, the, you are currently the U.S. Half Marathon Champion. Correct. In the world... You you placed thirty six. Where was that held in October? Uh, that was in Riga, Latvia. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I got to hear about two, that. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. That's when you placed thirty six. Yeah, October. Oh 1st. my gosh, <laughs> that's right. Okay, so thirty six in the world, uh, and then and then in July, you don't just do halves. You stretch it out, right? You're like, yeah, I go, I go, I can do two in a row. And you were sixth in the Gold Coast Marathon in Australia. Yeah, uh, the, the marathon has definitely become more and more um, my main focus over the last the last couple of years. So yeah, I've run three three marathons now, and the next big race for me will be the Olympic trials in, in February at the Boom. marathon. So we could be sitting again next to an Olympian again, as in you went down that path before. We're going to talk about that a little bit uh, with the ten k, right? Mm-hmm. The ten k uh, through the Olympic trials. We watched you. Uh, I'll never forget. I think we were in a bar. And I told the guy, I was like, you got to turn that up. I'm watching. That's my, that's my student. Take it in. Anyways, it was amazing to watch. So, But one of the reasons, so that's fantastic. I mean, unbelievable. We're here with a great athlete. You're going you're gonna to get to hear from Jacob. But one of the things we want to talk about when we do these interviews are folks who are living a DIY money lifestyle. So Lauren Jacobs, the cheerful baker, she turned her passion into a purpose and a business through baking, and it now funds various things in her life, like her, her son's college, etc. Jacob has turned his passion for running into a business by not only developing a coaching program that coaches athletes all over the United States, but also is going into the fourth year, has completed three years 
of a running camp, which is incredibly successful. So we're going to talk about that. So, Jacob, welcome to the show, first of all. Yeah, thanks for having me. And what did I miss? What did I miss? Did I miss anything? I think you covered it all. You're originally from where? I'm from, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, um, Kentucky. Yeah, now live in Flagstaff, Arizona. Came to University of Kentucky. That's mm-hmm. where we first met, and we're yep. going to talk about that because I'm going to take full credit for your success. <laughs> I know it's jokingly, but, you know, look, it was fun. We had a, we'll talk about that. And now you live in Flagstaff. I think it's fascinating. You live in, Why do you live in Flagstaff? Uh, so Flagstaff's probably the best place in the United States to train. Uh, it's a 7,000 feet elevation. So, I mean, basically any endurance sport is going to really benefit from being in uh, at altitude. And that's pretty much why everybody either lives there or does training camps there. When I, I know a little bit about Flagstaff because I had grandparents, they both passed, uh, that lived in Sun City, Arizona. But in the summertime, they had a cabin in Flagstaff. So on occasion, I would fly out in the summer, almost every summer in my youth. I have very fond memories. They would pick me up. We would drive up to Flagstaff. They had this cabin in the woods. It was amazing. Now that's my vision of Flagstaff. I'm sure that's not your vision of Flagstaff. You, you know, do you have a house there? You renting? What are you doing? I'm I rent a townhome in Flagstaff, but yeah, it is. It is kind of. Uh, it's nice to go out because it's, it's very outdoorsy, mm. uh, dirt roads, trails. Great, just a great training training location all around. How many miles do you run a week? I'm just curious. Uh, in marathon training, I'll get up to 120, but I would say I average right around 100 miles a week. So you, you flew in last night at midnight. You just got here. You came over to the studio. We appreciate that. Will you get a run in this week? I mean, or today? Yeah, or uh, yeah I'll, I'll run. And then basically, so for marathon training, I usually do a 16-week buildup. And week one of that starts uh, this coming Monday. What are you training for? What's the marathon next marathon? It'll be the Olympic trials in February. Oh, this yeah. is this yeah. is yeah. What so this you're is like for. this is like the big the big build up. So I did the the half marathon we talked about a couple weeks ago. I've had a couple weeks of like in between kind of downtime, and then yeah, Monday kind of starts the the big build up for for the Where trials. Where are the trials for this? It's gonna be in Orlando. Okay. Yeah. Um, and is it you know have is it a normal course or do they create a new course for the trials uh, it's a new course so it's basically um a two mile loop and then three eight mile loops so i guess wow. for for spectators and stuff um, oh that makes sense yeah people can kind of see it's basically a, yeah just a big rectangle february maybe you ought to go down to that yeah. that's a good time to visit orlando february 3rd although two episodes ago i talked about not traveling so much in 2023 <laughs> you do travel you do travel quite a bit i had too much yeah. ridiculous actually but anyways okay so we know a little bit about your your professional accolades. I want to, and we'll talk about the camps. I find that super fascinating, the business model that you've developed, et cetera. But a lot of our listeners are people that, you know, look, they're, they're maybe young, m- medium age, or even older, and, and they aren't following their passion. They're not following their purpose, and in, in maybe they're getting up every day and they're miserable and going to work. I have fond memories. I'm going to recount it like I remember it, and it might not be accurate, but when you were a senior in the University of Kentucky, we had lunch one day, and you were very frustrated, and you were very uncertain about your future because you were a finance finance, finance major, business major, and really feeling pulled to to pursue that, like go to a bank, you know, be an, be an investment analyst. And you were really good at, at the analysis we were doing in our class. And you were really torn because it was that or 
pursue this kind of lofty running career, right? You were like, I don't know if I want to do that or whatever. And I remember really encouraging you that this would be the one time in your life you could be broke uh, and, and starve a little bit, and it wouldn't matter. And why not? Like, why not go for this? And I think you were a little a little surprised that your finance teacher would tell you that. Like, why not be broke? Forget Wall Street. Like, go do that. And But my whole intent was, number one, follow your dreams and your passions and so on and so forth. But thereafter, just like you have going on now, what can come from that? Like, it's not just, you know, tunnel vision of I'm running every day and, and hopefully I get a sponsorship and I feed myself and my, pay my bills. But, but what business can come from that? So that's how I remember it. All right. So you can fill in the blanks. But I want to hear your story about how you went from being a college kid to your first Olympic trial. Uh, I don't think it was the way you wanted it to end up. So you met with some challenges there to where you are now. So take us through that kind of evolutionary process a little bit, the ups and the downs, because that's where people will learn. Yes, I guess but just to fast rewind back to, to the fall of 2017, um, it was my fifth year of college. Uh, I was set to graduate with double majors in finance and accounting and uh, basically had interviews lined up um, with, with yeah, banks and I was running the worst I had run my whole collegiate career as a senior, which was kind of disappointing to me. Um, and I think a lot of it was because I was my focus was you know not 100% in running, not 100% in school. I was kind of being torn back and forth. And uh, yeah, once basically I had a you know conversation with you, had some conversations uh, with my coaches, and they were basically like, "Look, if you you know want to just finish out your career, you're you know an all-American, that's fine. You want to go work at a bank, like, but if you want to run professionally, like, you need to change some things these next six months." Um, so yeah, I got on the phone, canceled. I was supposed to fly to Baltimore for, I think it was a PNC interview that weekend and canceled it, didn't go. And yeah, had the best track season I've, I've ever had. And that opened up doors for me. Um, that summer of 2018, after I graduated, went and raced in Europe, uh, ran really well, uh, signed a deal with Adidas and, and moved to Boston three months later. So, and that was cool to know. I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know that the Boston running club is a lot, you know, where professionals kind of, affiliate i guess is a word and and you get the sponsorship and then you start training and initially and and i remember i remember sitting there and going could you run in the olympics and you were like maybe and i'm like why not like why not like what, what you know and maybe your coaches and some other people just said to say like stop thinking around and go for this but but i see this so often in college kids because we we pigeonhole them into this pathway like like you need to figure out the rest of your life by the time you graduate college i'm a newsflash for you college kids out there you ain't gonna figure out your life and it's gonna take years after that to figure something out i mean i'm 46 i'm still trying to figure out my life but my point is we we apply this pressure and parents please i i my wife already knows this but when I when I have people who ask my son what he wants to do when he gets older, I go, he doesn't know. I just and it's not a knock on him, but I'm like he he doesn't know. He did do whatever he wants to do. Like I just I hate that question. I can't stand it. Yeah, like, I, I see it a lot. Uh, so I help a lot of kids go through the recruiting process now, and like you know they're all talking about majors. And I was like, well, mine changed two or three times, and I ended, I ended up with two degrees. So I was like, it, I was like, it's going to change no matter what you do. We just went on a college road trip and. 
I think it was Auburn had a literally like an exploratory path major and it was the first year and you took you met with different advisors even I think and you took all these different disciplined type classes to explore different majors. There was no pressure. There's. It's not like I'm undecided. Undecided's like this. Like like you've got the you know the uh, the the red A, the crimson yeah. A, you know the scarlet A. You know oh, I'm undecided. The scarlet U. No, who cares? Like so. Anyways, okay. I don't want to delve down on that. I get on a. I get on a little high horse on that. So you go to Boston. You join the Boston Running Club. You're running professionally now, and and the goal is Olympics. So what transpires over the next year, and how does that evolve, and and so forth from there? Yeah, so then COVID hit, basically. Mm. Um, Just training for for the Olympic trials, and and COVID hit, and we were actually set to go on a training camp in Flagstaff, where I live now, um, before the spring track season. Uh, And we, yeah, we showed up to practice one day, and they're like, we're not going to training camp, and also all your races are you know canceled for who knows how long wow uh so that that was a big challenge for me and you know moving to boston when i was 23 24 really enjoyed it uh but by this time when COVID hit especially i was like i'm thinking about ready to get to get out of the the big city um and i'd always run really well coming off of altitude camps and stuff so yeah i packed up my crv and basically drove i guess we can we can talk a little bit about thompson training because i was kind of born at the same time oh um, yeah let's do that that, that i did this but when COVID hit, I got a message from a kid from my hometown in Louisville, just basically saying, "Hey, my practices are canceled, state meets canceled. I'm a sophomore. I want to run in college. Like, what can I do during this time? Like, can you give me some workouts, basically?" Mm. And it was Instagram DM. I just I was like, "Here, try this." And then you know, he sends it back. Here's how it went. What's next? And we did that for about two, three weeks. And then he's like, "Can you just write me a, a real training plan?" And I was like, "Well, all right." So I started coaching one athlete and. uh just for fun on the side because yeah all my races were canceled I was just kind of hanging out and running and that was not not much else at that point um and then that kind of built into two athletes three athletes and then did you start charging him right away or did he say hey I'll pay you something for that and how I mean it sounds like that was very organic how did that become how did that go from a hobby you helping out a kid to an actual business model uh yeah so I never like charged him at all it was just kind of like something I enjoyed doing and then uh basically once once I was like well I could probably handle doing this for a couple people and I just I posted some stuff on on social media which a lot of my following is you know runners and especially like you know high school runners so uh yeah it's kind of the second and third and fourth all kind of came uh came that way and then it basically kind of just snowballed uh into what it is now have you so you know a lot of people will look at that and say okay I, I I'm charging this um, I, my capacity, it's probably pretty scalable. I mean, it's not, it's not all that labor intensive. I would dare say that many of your workouts are probably similar. Just depends on where somebody is fitness wise or right in their training plan or schedule. Uh, yeah, we do try We try to make it like as individual to each, you know, it's probably the same thing. Like when you're making a, a financial plan, the basics are kind of mm-hmm. all the same, right, uh, right. but there, it, there's a lot of like tweaks and, you know, recovery times and paces for workout splits and stuff like that. Um, are very individualized, but fairly scalable. It, yeah. it's, it's it's not. I mean, you're you're getting you're getting a business model in place that's fairly scalable, not taking tremendous amount of of human time, right? Yeah. Your your capital, uh, but ultimately you say, okay, I could do this for X number. Is there a is there a dollar amount or a 
people amount, or I mean, wh- where where is the cap on this, or is it infinite? Uh, I think it could, yeah, you might eventually have to bring some extra people on. Which basically, once I hit about thirty uh, thirty athletes the first year, uh, so it's probably six or eight months into you know after the the very first guy, um, I brought on my buddy Thomas, and yeah, now it's him and I, and we manage you know over a hundred athletes together. So you have you brought on another friend. Uh, you're now scaling it up. How many athletes are in the training program? Uh, I would say on average, like around a hundred, uh, hundred athletes yeah. in the training program. You, I, what I love, I'll plant some seeds. You, you're probably already thinking along this la- this line, but in addition to training plans, you've also gone through the recruiting process. You've gone through the college application process. You've gone through all of that. Uh, I know as a father of a, prospective student athlete we have paid (laughs) good money for guidance when it comes to recruiting process you know video highlights all the rest of that stuff has thompson training evolved into the uh we can help market your athlete to student uh to to colleges as well yet so we, we do work with a lot of high school athletes and that's one thing you know we tell them especially into their sophomore year going into their junior years like if you're serious about running in college we're here to help as as much or little as as you want. Um, especially with you know my background in running, I can get most any coach or any coach's assistant on the phone in one or two phone calls, like anywhere. Um, so that that part is really nice. A lot of these people are you know people I raced against ten years ago, or people that uh, you know it's a friend of a friend or something like that in the, in the industry, which is nice. Um, and then yeah, we can help help walk kids through that that recruiting process or something that. So is uh, that an a la carte purchase? Uh yeah, it just comes with comes with your training plan. Uh, yeah, right now. yeah, see, I think there's a <laughs> I think there's different levels here, yeah. Jacob. I think you're leaving a little. I mean, a training plan is one thing, and then there's kids who are who are going to need additional assistance, yeah. you know. And they that phone call don't don't uh, don't discount the value of that phone call. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah, just telling I mean, you, we... as as a as a father of a student athlete, that's a very valuable uh, thing for sure. So don't yeah. discount. No, that. It, it definitely is, and yeah, we've had. I think right under 40, 38 athletes go to run in college just mm-hmm. three, in three years. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 12 or 13 a year. And, yeah, we're looking to you know, keep scaling that, that number. Tell me about the camps. Yeah, so so camp camp basically started uh, also right right before I moved to Flagstaff. I got a call from, from a coach um, from Bargetown, Kentucky, who had a really good athlete. And he saw that our athletes were running well, and he just wanted to pick my brain about training. And we talked on the phone for about an hour. Um I was actually in in Lexington when we had that phone call, and he's like, "Man, you should you should do a camp. Like, we got you got to tell everybody about you know what what you're doing and you know training like philosophies. Like, you should definitely have a camp." And I was like, "Oh, you know, I, I'm 25. I don't I don't know how to get a camp. Like, got to secure housing. It was like there's a lot of a lot of steps, insurance, all this stuff. I was like, yeah, I don't. Uh, that's something I've thought of, but you know, I don't think I have like the you know the capability or the boots on the ground because I knew I was moving to, to Flagstaff at the time to to get that done." Uh, he's like, Oh, I'll, I'll help you out. And so I was like, all right. So I called, called Thomas, who's like my, my business partner on everything. And, uh, I was like, what do you think about, about doing a camp? Cause we had talked about it. We thought this was like, you know, 10 or 15 years down the road or something like that. And he's like, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll do it. So a week later we had an LLC and there was a, a camp and yeah, we secured housing and went, went through all that. And the first year we had 130 athletes. Uh, so it's overnight, five day, uh, five day, four night camp. And, uh, we do it at the university of camp or Campbellsville university uh nai school here in here in kentucky and it's mainly uh it's called bluegrass running camp so it is it's kind of built um you know on the back of of kentucky and we want 
every Kentucky runner to have an opportunity to come to our camp. And I think the one thing that's made it really successful is that there, there's no other big camps like this uh, in Kentucky. So if you want to go to a big running camp, like a Nike running camp or something like that, you're either going to Smoky Mountains or you want to go to a big Adidas camp in North Carolina. So you're driving five, six, eight hours. Um, those prices are you know, close to $1,000 uh, for a week of, of their camp. Um, and because we're local and like we're, we're able to do things, um, I, don't know, I think we, we could run a really good operation here. Like we could, we could do it a lot cheaper and uh, yeah. So basically 500 bucks, like kids can, can go to camp for, for a week. an entire week. Yeah. Too low. Yeah. Price it is, is too low. It is, it is. We do think it's, it's fairly low, but that's kind of our thing is that, uh, you know, Kentucky high school running isn't at the level it should be at on the national right. stage. Um, yeah. So we think, yeah. So we think the more, you know, kids we can get to these camps and stuff like that um it's going to help help high school running what, in Kentucky. what's really exciting i can't wait in five years to come back and do this again the brand you're building so so as a business person observing your brand i mean my whole life is about trying to identify intrinsic value in a in a in a business whether that's publicly private or whatever and you know invest accordingly with hopes of of growing the capital right that's that's what i do you're, I'm watching and I'm hearing this, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, the, the brand is you, right? And as you continue to be more successful in your own personal career and, and gain that experience, at some point you're going to stop and you're going to be known as the person who you know, won the U.S. half, maybe you know, competed in the Olympics for the marathon. I mean, whatever it is that you get to. Where, or, I mean, heaven forbid – you're done tomorrow, right? I mean, we just don't yeah. know, but you have a, a history already. I mean, you're extremely reputable. So, therefore, you're building this ecosystem around this brand, and it's literally unlimited. I, I mean, to the extent you want it to be, right? To the extent you want it to be, you could have your camps here in Kentucky, multiple weeks, different places. Oh, Ohio needs one. Tennessee needs one. You know, you could spread regionally. Then you're working with your running kids, you know, you're coaching and, oh, you need, you know, professional video to be able to showcase your running and so forth. And you need, you know, helps with college applications. And I mean, on and on and on this could go. It's just and then I'm sure you're already being sponsored by various organizations. And as you build your brand, those are future consumers. So the organization is sponsoring you, and I'm sure you have this now. You're saying, look, if you buy this, whatever, from me, you get a cut. Is that accurate or not? Uh, yeah, we do. Like some, I have some uh, like sponsors that, that do like ambassador-type deals, and then I'm an Under Armour uh, athlete, so like that's who, who pays pays the bills. And they, they stepped in. They, they sponsor camp, and they help out. Uh, we put on some races and stuff as well. We actually have one in three weeks uh, in, in Louisville. Um, so – I'll, I love it. Yeah. So this this it. trip is this trip is uh I get a knockout Keeneland UK football game, Boom. a buddy's wedding and uh and business trip. And the all, podcast. All the and, and, the podcast. and the most important you're on yeah. DIY money. Let's go. <laughs> all the same well, time. this is okay, so I love all this. Uh now let's I want to real quick, not real quick cuz we don't we're not in a time crunch here. This is just so valuable. You're a businessman and you're and you're growing the business. And you get really excited about that, all the things you're doing. But you're also a professional athlete trying to remain dialed in to your success. How do you compartmentalize the two? That's very tough. Uh, that's definitely, the I would say, the toughest part. Uh, kind of like we were talking about scalability. The 
the hardest thing to scale is like the, the personal interaction you have with people. Um, like you can probably put a financial plan together really quick for someone, but answering their questions, walking them through it, all that stuff is probably what takes the, the biggest amount of time. Very similar uh, to what to what we do. You know, if I build an adult and who say he lives in California, a marathon plan, like that might not take me hours because I know what I know what they need to do. I've looked at their past training. I can you know get that done relatively quickly. But then, you know, talking to them two or three days a week, uh, you know, something goes wrong in their training. What, what do we need to tweak? What do we need to fix? Uh, that's the the hardest part of it. So you're going to eventually have to be more of a manager, right? And managing mm-hmm. people, your your outlet of people to handle the process and the product, right? Yeah. I mean, that's going to ultimately what you what you have to be doing over time because it, not everybody's going to be able to get to Jacob Thompson. They're just not not going to be able to do it. So that'll be fascinating to see you evolve. But how do you then? turn off that mindset when it comes Monday for your 16 week, uh, training plan and you hit the road for your first 20 miler. Are you thinking about business while you're running? Are you thinking about, are you going back and forth? This is what I I run to shut the world down. Inevitably. I always think about business or what's happening and I can solve a lot of problems that way or challenges, but I would imagine, but I'm not thinking about my running. I'm not thinking about my heart rate or my stride or whatever. How, how do you do that? Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is like leaving the phone behind. Uh, that's because, yeah, I was really bad with kind of like boundaries of like, you know, I'd be pulling up to the track to work out and I'm like texting, you know, some kid 20 hours away about, about their workout or whatever. So, uh, and, and my girlfriend is on me very much about this because, you know, it's dinner time and I'm, you know, doing emails and, and text messages and, and all these things uh, when she's home from work and ready to be done done for the day. Um, so, yeah, we try to, like, kind of set. That never gets easier, by the way. No, yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> 23 uh, years <laughs> in the business, I'm telling you, that's very difficult. To so, do. yeah, I, I guess that's a part I'm, I'm still trying to figure out. I think I I have gotten better with kind of setting, you know, I tell everybody now it's a 24-hour response time. Usually it's 10 minutes, but it can be up to up to 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, yeah, if I – you know, have a big, or like when I, when I went over to, to Latvia to run the world championships, you know, a day before my race, I didn't want to be answering questions about right. the workouts or anything like that. So I just let everybody know when I'm, you know, going, if I'm going to be traveling or, um, have a big competition coming up, like, Hey, I'm going to be a little MIA this week. If you have any questions, get them out now, look ahead. Um, I guess that's the the thing I try to do the most. You know, uh, Will Levis is a great f- friend of the show, friend of mine. I've been amazed to watch how, he has to compartmentalize the brand that he's building and all of the things that he's involved with and the training that's required to hopefully land a spot, you know, as a starting quarterback eventually on an NFL team. So I've, I've observed this and I have great respect for this because we all view these people like yourself and we go, Oh my gosh, so successful. You're doing this. Well, you're only successful because you've been successful in your personal life and your training and doing what you're doing. You, you have credibility with your, with your clients and, and your camps and people who are coaches and looking to you because you've done it. But in order to keep doing it, you got to shut it down. you got to shut all that noise off and keep working on yourself. You're going to start this training plan. I'm so excited we did this today. Like I'm pumped that you're, yeah, you're Monday. You're on, like, almost I on mean, day one. Yeah, I love it. There. It's awesome, man. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna, well, how many miles you got on Monday? Monday, I'll probably do 10 and 5, so 10, 15 total. 10 in the morning and 5 at night? Or what yeah. do you mean 10 and yeah, 5? Yeah. Twice a day? Usually run twice a day. All right. I'll be there in spirit. Right. Uh, well, I'll be maybe 5. Maybe 5 <laughs> for me on Monday. Anyways, no, I'm joking. But um, 
what do you need to do? Tell me the things you need to do to to be in the Olympics. Oh uh, yeah, so the the trials are in Orlando. In no, 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 no. Oh, what no, do no. I need to do? Yeah, uh, not the not the that's the trials. I'm gonna yeah. go run. No, no. What do you need to do to for us to see you in in the Olympics? Well, I, th- I think the training is already like is at a pretty pretty high level, so there probably won't be too many tweaks in training. But I think uh, just staying really healthy and then uh, being like you know a marathon's a long time to be mentally engaged. You're talking two hours and ten minutes. Uh, so <laughs> I'm only laughing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you say four hours and thirty <laughs> minutes? No, two hours and ten minutes. Okay. Yeah. So I've run I've run two eleven forty, and uh, I think to make the team, I need to run two ten, maybe right under two oh nine high. Mm. Um, so yeah, just getting mentally prepared for, for that, which is only, it's only two or three seconds a mile, but for 26 miles, that, that really adds up. That's unbelievable. So you're going to be dialed in. Yeah. Very, very dialed in. Um, I've kind of, and does it start Monday? I mean, does it, cause there's only, I, I don't have an equivalent of trying to make an Olympic team. Okay. But built $300 million business. I've, I've looked, you know, Basically, we had a, a large outside private equity company, you know, buy a majority of the business. You know, so I've gone through milestones in my life, primarily financial, but I can remember if, if it's a six month or a nine month or a two month, it's like, okay, I have to be dialed in for the next two months. Like, I can't let social media or outside this or whatever, I can't do it. I, I got to sleep well. I got to eat well. I got to, you know, I got to be at the best of my game. So, does that start for you Monday? Yeah, so I would say the first three weeks um, is kind of like just getting back to to the basic, get the mileage back up. Um, can be a little bit more like lenient. I'm mm-hmm. you know I'm travel. I'm going to be traveling this next like mm-hmm. three weeks. But then once I get back into to Flagstaff that first week in November, then it's dialed in, completely dialed in. I love yeah. it. Awesome. And when the trials are in February, exactly when? February third, Saturday. February third. Okay. Well, I'm we're going to be cheering you on, and I I hope you do it. Um, what else do you want to share as we kind of conclude? What else? I haven't talked anything about your personal financial journey. We'll just have you back at some point. I know we've talked about doing it, but I, I, I love the ability to keep following your, your progression, if that's okay. I mean, regardless if it's just in camps or training or you go to the Olympics, I'd love to follow your progression. Take the, the 10,000 you know, avid listeners we have along with you on this ride. That'd be awesome. But what else do you want to share? Anything else you want to share for our, for our folks at home? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess the biggest thing for me is just find something that you're, you're really passionate about. And then if you can find a way to turn that into a, to a side hustle that turns into a, a full-time gig, then yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically what, uh, what I've done. And that's I really I really enjoyed every every step of it so far. I want to I want to I th- I echo your sentiment. I think it's great great way to conclude. But I will say, you 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 approached it wisely. You you understood that this would work because you had buy in from the beginning. Even though this individual wasn't paying, so you had training. You weren't afraid to make a move multiple times, right? And it gets easier. The more you get out of your comfort zone. So you canceled an interview. Everybody, uh, kids are clamoring for interviews. They're clamoring for job opportunities. You said, I'm, I'm canceling this. I'm not going to this interview. So I'm going to pursue my running career. Then COVID hits and you say, I'm going to move. I'm going to pick, pack up and move. You, you're, you're not afraid. I mean, I'm sure it's scary. It's hard. It's uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen, but you're stepping out and you're adjusting accordingly. 
And then you had this idea maybe that came because it was organic. Like it's again, Lauren, I love I love Lauren's story because she's like, I loved art. I love to do this. Everybody's making cookies. I could make cookies. Why not? I'll try to make cookies. And then somebody bought it. Very organic. You didn't get up one day with a 27-page business plan and go, this is what I'm going to do. It was organic. It evolved. And it's taken time. It's 2023. We had we had lunch in 17. Yeah. So this is a five-year progress. And you're you're not even close to where you will be in the next five years. But you also, I think... You got to give yourself credit. You you've identified people that can help you to do the things you can't do. You don't have time to be boots on the ground, as you said, with your camp. You identified those people. The business was in such a place that you could do that. You identified someone who said, "You know what? I need help coaching these kids." You now have a hundred kids. You're coaching portion of them. This other individual's coach, and it will continue to go. So you've identified good people. To help you along the way. And now you're going to continue to manage it. You're making decisions accordingly. I mean, the sky's the limit. Will you make mistakes? You better believe it. You're going to make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. (laughs) But you know what you're going to do? You're going to course correct and you're going to keep going. So I very much look forward to um, hearing about your journey. We wish you nothing but the best. Uh, and we will watch, and, and maybe I'll be there cheering you on, if even that's a thing, if yeah, I can do come that. come on down. It's not like F1 prices, is it? I mean, do you go to F1 no, race, I think it's, like a million dollars? I think uh, emission's probably free. It's just out, what? On the, out on the streets of Orlando. That's true. Yeah. Okay. It sounds you like a, that's, a hotel room probably be the so, most expensive Sounds part. like I'm going to be in Orlando in February. Right. I'll be cheering <laughs> you on. I'm serious. It'll be awesome. All right, friends, listen. We brought Jacob on to share not only his story and his progress, but hopefully to inspire and encourage you. And for the runners out there, I mean, I have one personal question. This is it. Sorry to deviate. Tell me the difference between your training pace and your slow pace runs. Uh, well, yeah, training paces vary, but if you're looking at like marathon paces, five minutes a mile for me. Um, my easy runs can be anywhere from seven fifteen a mile to six minutes a mile depending on how i feel that day so quite a bit it's a big, slower it's a big, yeah it's a big difference yeah. i have just started to learn all about that running heart rate you know mm-hmm. the anyways it's been a game changer for yeah. me and getting older it's a game changer so anyways that's cool Thank a lot of people run too fast exactly yeah, yeah. there's an old adage right right run slow to run fast right yeah. isn't that the thing anyways so uh Wanted to inspire, encourage you, his story, but we'll follow along. It doesn't end here. So thanks again for coming in today, Jacob. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And remember, secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Find something you're passionate about, for goodness sakes. But do it for a very long time. Make it a great one. <laughs>